Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We're going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and a mom to three boys, ages four, two, and 10 months. And I'm Tara Lynn, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 10, eight, four, and two. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. Hi, everybody. Today on Find the Magic, we're going to be talking about love. Love, love. <laughs> but, but first, <laughs> I'm going to start off my face palm. And that is that I haven't been able to find my glasses, like my eyeglasses, for six weeks. And I've been looking for them everywhere. Can't find them. But this week, my kids have had the stomach flu, and therefore I have been very sleep deprived because, of course, it always comes on. In the middle of the night. Stomach flu, thanks to me. Passed right (laughs) from my children to hers. Me and Felicia share a lot of things. And we also share, our children share sicknesses, (laughs) apparently. Because (laughs) she had, their family had it and then we had it. Anyway, what I'm saying is my eyes have not been wanting contacts in them. Because they've been not sleeping at night. So, I finally found them yesterday, last night. After searching with my kids for like the 10th time. I mean, literally, we all go on a hunt. We're looking for my glasses and they were just in their case in the spot that they're supposed to be in. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which never happens, to your credit. Why would you look there? <laughs> so anyway, so my face palm is sometimes I lose things, and I even when they're in the right spot, like I so think that they wouldn't be in the right spot because I really think that I misplaced them, that I just couldn't find them at all. And this goes along with we had a, a really awesome listener have this idea to share your guys' face palms and high fives. If you ever have a really good one, send them to us. Um, and you can leave them on our reviews or whatever method you want. But, um, hers was, she lives on a military base and had her like military base pass. And she searched all over in her car as she's trying to get into the gates and like looking everywhere. And she had to do all these extra things to let her in. Cause she didn't have her pass. And then after she pulled in, she realized, oh, it was in the exact spot. It's supposed to be it was sitting <laughs> in its place. So mama's out there. Sometimes the thing you're looking for is really just where it should be. I know that's rare, but it happens sometimes. I know they say pregnancy brain, but it's like newborn brain, kid brain. Life, I don't think it ever brains brain. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so my high five is the ability that I've had to resist pressure for my oldest to do any extracurricular activities. Wow, that's a hard word to say. But I'm sure... You don't feel this as you have more kids because you just don't even have time. But with your first, for me, with my four-year-old, I see, I feel the pressure for him to try stuff. Soccer, sports, music, art, whatever it is. And I was listening to an interview with Chatbook's founder, Vanessa Quigley, and she has seven kids, and she was giving tips on how she has seven kids. (laughs) Wow. And one of them was... (laughs) Let's have a moment of silence. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) One of her tips was none of her kids start any extracurricular until they're eight. Oh. And so I don't know if that's what I'll choose to do, but 
I I look at my oldest, four, going on five, and I think, man, he just loves playing and being with us and adventuring, and I just have totally put that out of my mind. I feel no pressure for him to try anything. Not saying maybe he won't choose to, but I've taken the pressure off myself. It feels great. And can I say, that just (laughs) to make you feel good about that, once your kids start... Then there's Never no going ends. back. So, <laughs> so just enjoy the time that you have. You have control over. I mean, my kids have music lessons and sports and stuff mm-hmm. because we're at that age. Mm-hmm. But um, I do look back at those times before we had that, and it is lovely. So just bask that you have totally control of your schedule. I love that. Yes. Yes. Cool. So with Valentine's Day coming up this week, we decided we should talk about love. Not sexy time love, dang it. Maybe another episode. (laughs) But we feel like there's so many misconceptions out there about connection and love, especially in your relationship with your spouse and with your kids. So we're going to break this up into a few parts, um, but we're going to share some of the concepts that have really shifted our perception of what love is. So these things that we're going to be sharing with you, I mean, we've read them in so many different books and applied them in our lives. But I'm talking, this has been a game changer for me in my own marriage. So I've been married for almost 14 years, which is, wow, that's That's a long time. Um, And about halfway through our marriage is when I started understanding this concept more and it's made a really huge difference for me. So the concept here about love, I mean, we all know love is great and we all know falling in love feels really wonderful. Um, But I think over a lifetime, I think a lot of us have some misconceptions on what it means to actually feel true love and live in a truly healthy, loving relationship. And it goes through so many changes throughout your marriage. There are so many ups ups and downs and I feel like so much searching for that love in marriage. Yeah, totally. And so the idea here just in a in a sentence is that our state of feeling love is our responsibility, not our partner's responsibility. Which I know sounds like a big statement. Whoa. That's the general <laughs> statement, okay? So so okay, so let me give you some examples. And again, I've heard this from like so many really awesome mentors. Our ability to feel connection with somebody we think is all on the other person. And a lot of times I feel connected to you because what you are doing right now. However, our connection actually has, it's our choice. It's our state of being. So for example, I feel really connected with Brene Brown, who is an amazing, I mean, she has like so many amazing books that have changed my life. And she shares these really personal stories in her books that make me feel like I know her really well. Or another person I feel really close with is uh, Gretchen Rubin, who has a podcast and a book and, well, many books. Her her uh, book that I've read is The Happiness Project, and her podcast is Happier. Anyway, like the other, about a month ago, I was talking to Felicia about them, well, about her, and sorry, I said them because she does it with her sister, but anyway, I was talking about Gretchen Rubin, and I'm like, you know, Gretch, and I just like <laughs> called her by her nickname, which her sister calls her, but to me, she is Gretch, like I know her really well, right? Anyway, so again, I'm, I'm naming two famous people who I feel connected to, but they don't even know me at all, 
Like, but I feel like we're so like best friends. Created that connection. Yeah. So <laughs> I've chosen to feel connected with these people who I don't even know, right? So what I'm saying is connection is what happens inside of us, okay? So, okay, so it's such a deep concept. We're really just going to try to introduce you to the to the freedom of this concept. Again, it's a really deep concept. So if you're new to this idea, it's okay for it to feel foreign, but as you like try it on, I think you're going to love it. And I think most people in the traditional sense of the word love and marriage, we fall in love with people because of how they make us feel. So you want a date, they ask you about your day, how they hold your hand, maybe even their looks, what their career is. And that is the whole mind frame that we're trying to flip with this concept. Yes. And it's natural for that. That's how relationships start, right? Right. And that's a totally good thing. That's part of why falling in love feels so good. And when, when I was dating my husband, if you asked me, actually, I think I said this many times, what do you love about him? One of the first things that I said was, I love the way he makes me feel. Mm -hmm. And we all feel that. That's why we're attracted to somebody at the beginning. So there's nothing wrong with feeling that, but knowing deeper love is more than just the way they make you feel. Okay. So, okay. In Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth, which is, oh my heavens. Wow. Like mind blowingly amazing. We'll put the link for it in the show notes. Uh, He talks about how we play different roles and sometimes we fall in love with somebody's role that they play for us. And again, I know that's how a lot of relationships start, but that isn't actual, actual true love. So, for example, and I think in intimate relationships, this is a really big thing because we have so many roles we're playing for each other. To make a life work, we all have so many things on our to-do list, right? Like I run certain things to make our life go smoothly. And Jeff, my husband, does so much stuff to make our life run smoothly. So, it's easy to connect my love for him on the things that he's doing in our lives, his role that he's playing in our life, right? To make it run smoothly. His awesome career that he has and the way he shovels the driveway in the morning before he goes to work. All those things I appreciate, but it is easy to get my love caught up on those roles that he does. So, but when I can detach from those things and actually just love him for him, that's where true, like the true power of love really comes in. So an example of this, just to have you kind of feel how it feels, think about how we look at a baby. When you see a baby and you feel love for that baby, it isn't because that baby is a high-producing human. Well, they they actually are (laughs) high-producing. But they're not like knocking out a to-do list and making your life easier. In fact, they do the opposite of that. Same thing with like some of you animal lovers out there, if you have pets, you look at them, you look at your pet and you love your pet, but you don't look at them and think, oh man, they really cleaned the house so well today. That's why I love this. Okay. So those are kind of loves where it's easy for us to see, oh, of course I just love that being for being right. Or even like a beloved grandparent where you just love them in your life because of who they are, not because they're necessarily working in your life all the time, but it's because you love them and they love you and you're, you're satisfied with that relationship. So let's take that feeling of, that's unconditional love is what it is. So now let's take it and apply it to who, to your spouse or your partner. If Which you can, the spouse falls into this trap so easily because you are sharing all the work of your life. Exactly. You're pulling a huge load together, the whole mm-hmm. load of your life. So mm-hmm. 
I'm not saying that the loads we pull aren't important because of course they are. I'm saying that it isn't connected to the love. It doesn't have to be connected to the love that we feel for our spouse because pure love isn't conditional. So, so, okay. So let's just try this on. We're going to talk about this and we're going to give some distinct concrete examples of what this even looks like right after our break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have two specific short tips that are kind of fun to implement that help with loving your spouse. The first one is super simple and it's just simply taking some time to appreciate what they do. I know we've been talking about how love is not conditional on what we do or what our spouse does. It's just loving them for who they are. However, everybody loves to feel appreciated and it's enjoyable to have somebody appreciate you and I also have experienced that what we appreciate appreciates so and also that what we look for we see so it's just a fun exercise in helping us see the good that our spouse does and it just helps us be able to see that more of when we look for it so some things that I'm grateful for that Jeff does is uh, he takes care of my car for me he puts our four-year-old to bed every night and brushes his teeth and flosses his teeth which if you've ever tried that to do every night on a four-year-old it is exceptional that he does that I have a much easier job I do the two-year-old and it's a lot easier for me I love all the stuff that he does with the kids I love on Sundays how he builds a fire with them and they have a picnic on the floor I love so many things that he does to help us to help our lives go smoothly and when I start thinking about those things it just really overwhelms me with gratitude and I just enjoy that exercise the second tip that I really love doing is in the mornings um, when I used to sleep with my phone by my bed I usually do not believe in pushing the snooze button at all but for this I push it one time and it's a very intentional snooze uh, when my alarm would go off I just push the snooze button once and then I take that you know I think it's on my phone like eight minutes and I just snuggle into Jeff and just enjoy like basking in the love I feel for him now that I don't sleep with my phone by my bed I actually now am just I usually just wake up a few minutes early on my own because that's what I've told myself to do but I wasn't able to do that before that's a new development anyway but as I lay there the reason why I love to do this in the morning is because it makes my mind get out of the way so sometimes our mind gets in the way and it keeps track of our lists of to-do things things that our spouse is doing that we like and things that they're doing that we don't like and are they measuring up to our expectations and all those kinds of things that make our love conditional however in the morning I feel like I'm able to have my mind be quiet because I've just come out of sleep and I can just bask in loving 
Jeff for who he is, not for what he does, not for any to-do list, not for anything that he does that I like or does that I don't like. I can just feel grateful and gratitude for the man that I married. And frankly, every morning I do that, I just feel overwhelmed with gratitude that I'm married to him and I feel so much love. So those are two tips. Just take take a little minute, appreciate the things that your spouse or a significant other does. And then the second one is to take a few minutes in the morning and just snuggle on in and just practice just feeling that love and gratitude for that person, for their true being. And it is pretty awesome. And I mean, he's asleep, so he doesn't even know, but it really is does amazing things for me and my love. So those are my tips. Okay, so we're going to be talking here about what this actually looks like in our life. True unconditional love, what it looks like. And I'm going to be, I'm going to share something with you guys that's obviously really personal. Um, when I first got married, I thought that, you know, my your goal in marriage is to be one, right? You hear that phrase. And it's a really beautiful phrase that I wholeheartedly agree with. But I didn't really know what that meant. I thought being one with your husband meant you merge yourselves together so much that you're almost, I didn't think of it like this exactly, but looking back, this is how it was, like you're each a half of a whole, right? Like you merge so much that you're wrapped up. And I thought my happiness was wrapped up in his actions. So if he was happy and if he was doing things that made me happy, which he does a lot, he does a lot of things that make me really happy, then I was happy. But if for some reason I felt like he was maybe having a rough day and pulled back because sometimes, you know, if you're having a rough day, you may not be as lovey-dovey as you normally are. I would totally, totally think, oh, I'm not happy now. I'm not feeling loved right at this moment because he's not holding my hand like he normally does when he comes home or whatever, you know. And so my entire state of being was dependent on him and his state which actually isn't healthy. And I actually felt like my entire self, and again, I hadn't articulated this in my mind, but just looking back, this is how it was. I felt like my whole really worth as a wife was dependent on how well I felt he was loving me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so his love determined my lovability, which now I actually know that my lovability actually has nothing to do with how much he loves me. My lovability is in who I am. And in fact, when I have discovered that being a whole person, whole meaning I know who I am and I'm fulfilled myself, I can actually love him so much more. I've learned that two whole people unified together as one is way, are way more powerful and healthy than two people who are so dependent on each other for their state that you're really like two halves trying to make a whole. And that actually isn't healthy. Mm-hmm. So um, so for me, uh, and one of my meditation teachers, her name's Emily Fletcher, she said, she always says this statement about people who meditate. She says, people who meditate and take time to connect with themselves are fulfillment looking for a need instead of a need looking for fulfillment. So just let that sink in. I feel like when we do the things in our lives that fulfill ourselves, we connect in with who we actually are. And for me, that's through meditation and connecting with God and knowing who I am, my whole 
my whole self, that my state, my wholeness is not conditional upon anybody else, <clears throat> then I can look out at the world and specifically today we're talking about our intimate relationships. I can look at my relationship with Jeff and look to fulfill needs that are in the world or in my relationship from a place of fulfillment though. Not that I need something, so I'm reaching out and he's gonna fill this gap inside of me and I'm gonna not be whole until he can feel until he can actually fill that gap. But that isn't how it is at all. I'm actually coming at it at a place from fulfillment and wholeness. And it's made all the difference, all the difference in the world. And, and, and as we're talking about this, I want to make sure I'm clarifying that this doesn't mean that what your spouse does or doesn't do isn't important because of course it's important. Right. And that what we do for our spouse, that's also really, really important. But it's that I'm coming at, so if I'm going to do something that I think will Jeff make Jeff happy or something that I think he'd love, I'm coming at it and I'm doing it because I love him but not because I feel like he needs it to feel his own wholeness. Does that right. make sense? I don't know. It's kind of a deep concept. But. And it it is hard to, I think, comprehend when you first think about it. Because when you are a person who most of the day and time is serving other people. So you're serving your spouse. You're serving your kids. It's hard not to get caught up in... Um, how they react to it, how they treat you, what they do for you. It's hard to not let those things be what fulfills you. Um, And especially when you're looking at a spouse or older kids, you just slaved over this dinner and nobody says anything. Right. Or eats it, probably. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's so easy to be frustrated and mad and let that affect your worth. Totally. But you can't. Yeah. And as Brene Brown says, you can't, you can't assign your belonging or worth to somebody else ever, mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. It's just, that actually comes from inside of us. Yeah. And once we realize that it's so liberating, it's yeah. amazing. And it, and it liberates the people that we love too. Totally. Because we don't have to be like, oh, well you didn't do this and you didn't do this. And therefore that's why I'm being grumpy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause it's actually like, oh no, I actually just get to choose my own state and it liberates them. It liberates everybody. It's yeah. great. So I, I want to, if you guys want to, if you feel like this is something you want to dive deeper into, I want you to just sit and think about how your relationship started and and it where it is now. But I think it's a big eye-opener. So for me, when Terrilyn and I were talking about this, <clears throat> I when I dove into it, I came into my marriage on the opposite side of where Terrilyn started. So she started feeling like, I'm half and Jeff's half and we need each other to feel loved and I came into it feeling I'm doing my own thing uh, in a selfish place I've got this I'm doing my thing I'm taking care of myself and you're doing your thing and you take care of yourself like heaven forbid you need me to do anything for you that just sounds like wow (laughs) (laughs) and but also not from a healthy place of I'm taking care of myself and I'm fulfilled and happy and you are but from a kind of unhealthy place. So for me, the journey has been to get to a place. It has made me more, obviously I've become more loving, gentle, kind, and more of a whole person and able to see needs that I want to fulfill. 
mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, so are you saying that as you become, realize that your wholeness, your wholeness is your responsibility, not necessarily that you don't need anybody else, right. but more that you are responsible for your own wholeness. You're actually saying you've been able to reach out and and actually do kind Send love things. out. Yes. Uh-huh. Send more love out yeah. because you are whole mm-hmm. on the inside. Because oh, okay. this whole concept doesn't mean you disconnect and you are becoming crusty. And I've got this. I'm doing my own thing. Get my own bank account. I'm not. You guys are just fine. Do your thing. It's not that. It's not that. So hopefully. And you're still across. sharing. So yeah, you're still sharing your life. And we all know that we don't. I mean, one of my favorite poems every it, in, in the entire English language is by John Donne, that no man is an island. So as we're talking about this, wholeness doesn't mean isolation. Mm-hmm. Wholeness doesn't mean you're just meeting all of your own needs and you don't need anybody else. That, that is not what we're saying at all. In fact, I actually, I actually think that our relationships with the people that we love most are the most sacred interactions that we have in our entire life, especially in our intimate relationships with a spouse or partner. Because, I mean, my relationship with my husband, to me, there's nobody else in the entire world that I know better than my husband. I mean, I know, I know every part of him down to his core. And same with me. He knows me. He knows my flaws. He knows my weaknesses more than any other person. I mean, he knows them more than Felicia. Felicia knows me really well, more than my sister, my brother, my parents, even my kids. Jeff knows me deeper than anybody else. So to me, these relationships are super, super amazingly sacred and really an honor that we have to get to know another human being on such a deep level. So it isn't that we don't need each other because we, the lives that we create together are about kindness and selflessness. And as we give and as we serve, I mean, our love increases, but we don't have to do those things from a place of lack and because our state is conditional upon them. Mm-hmm. It's that we are truly deep down worthwhile on the inside. And from that space, we can look out and serve and still be connected with each other, but from a place of wholeness instead. Yeah. So I, I'm glad Felicia clarified that, that it isn't, we're not coming at it from a place of isolation. We don't need each other, but that we actually do choose our own state mm-hmm. and our own wholeness and that we actually can't really delegate out to anybody else Mm -hmm. we can't yeah and it's all about being intentional too so I want to give I want to give a little example of something I'm sure everyone feels in their relationship or maybe they don't maybe it's just me but I feel like this is (laughs) on every tv show husband leaves his socks somewhere Mm -hmm. everywhere by the bed whatever (laughs) so (laughs) um my husband isn't the very best at picking up stuff. That's definitely what? <laughs> weird. <laughs> to his credit, he's an amazing cleaner. If I leave him alone to actually like clean our house, I feel like I've had like a cleaning service come. Mm. Amazing cleaner. Amazing. But he doesn't pick up stuff because he doesn't care. So I used to, oh, drive me crazy. Like, just pick it up. It's right. You just took it off. Just Put it in the laundry basket. It's not even hard. Or like, you just ate that cereal. Why is the bowl just sitting there? Put in the sink and put water in it. I'm like going crazy. And for a long time, and I would even tell him that and nag him and just pick it up, pick it up. Like, why is this so hard? And I'm sure we've all, maybe it's older kids. I'm sure, obviously little kids, they have no concept of picking up. But 
I finally, once I was introduced to this concept, I just tried this on. I tried not having any emotional charge with this, not blaming him, and just realizing I'm going to pick this up. And you're awesome at it. Yeah. And I actually am really good at picking up, and I enjoy it. So, enjoy it. That's a strong word. <laughs> I enjoy it. How After it. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to do it anyways. I have told him so many times, he's not going to do it. So, I can either be really mad and bugged every single time I pick up his dirty laundry and put it in the basket, or I can just do it and not be frustrated about it and not have that conditional... I'm going to be bugged at you unless you put your socks in the basket because he doesn't even care about it. He's not doing it to spite me, you know? Mm -hmm. So Gretchen Rubin, speaking of, shares a concept called, um, basically it's like the theory of shared work. And she has researched this theory that when we are, so if you're at work and you share tasks or in your home, you share tasks with your spouse, we all have this concept that we're doing 100%. And they're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And they feel like they're doing 100% and you aren't doing anything. But when you look at it, you are both doing so much. So I've tried to let let go of all of that, all the things that I think he doesn't do, and instead focus my energy on the things that I, I do see him do that I appreciate. And it has changed my feelings around... Mm. Because then in my mind, I go to, well, of course he's not picking that up because he was working late and he's, you know, like I'm giving him more forgiveness and empathy mm-hmm. with it. I love that. And you're saying with those other things, you can either do them and be cranky about it or do them and feel great about it. And you're just choosing right. to do it and feel great about it. Mm-hmm. And then I love the Gretchen Rubin 100% theory because we all, all, all feel that way, I think. <laughs> And once we just realize everybody thinks they do more of the load, then that's good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Felicia brings up a really important point. Sometimes I think when we talk about this concept, we don't feel like we can ask for anything. Like, okay, well, if I'm responsible for my own um, wholeness, then maybe I can't require anything of my spouse. And that's couldn't be further from the case, actually. We can ask from a place of wholeness, say, I would like you to do this, this, and this. But then we have to be okay with them not doing it because... Spoiler alert, we can't control what anybody else does. And when we think we can, we end up just with a lot of frustration. So there's nothing wrong with asking for what you want. And uh, sometimes they'll fulfill that. Like for for me, I mean, I actually, we have so many funny things we could share about things that our husbands do and don't do for sure. Like Jeff loves hanging his church clothes on doorknobs. Like it's his (laughs) his favorite thing, right? And I actually have learned to love that about him. But um and because I don't think that will change and that's okay. But there are other things like, for example, years ago, I actually asked Jeff if he would give me more specific appreciation for the things I do because I felt like as a mom, I felt like some of the things we do are just invisible because nobody sees them besides small children. And I asked him if he, and I actually told him like the words I wanted him to say, like, if you see this that I did, can you tell me that you saw it? <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, can you tell me something positive that you see inside of me because I feel like sometimes all the things I do are just on the outside and I want to know that who I am on the inside is still important and I actually asked this years ago before I really 
understood the concept that that actually comes from the inside of me. But I did ask him for it. And he, for years now, I mean, he regularly tells me what he sees, what he's grateful for, and things that he loves about me. That like words of affirmation, it was actually after I read the book Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And that words of affirmation were my love language. And he totally, I mean, for years now, regularly gives me words of affirmation. And it's amazing. So sometimes when we ask our spouse to do things, they they do do them. And it's wonderful. And again, now that I'm saying this, I realize that, again, I get my fulfillment from the inside. But it still feels nice when somebody says kind words to you. So cool. anyway, so sometimes we can, so we can ask. What I'm saying is we can ask, and but then be okay with whether they do that thing or not. Yeah. And I feel like it's important to add as we're talking about this. I mean, we're talking about just, you know, regular marriages where we have things that we love about the person and there are things when we each fall short, right? All of us, there is no such thing as a perfect marriage. And everybody has struggles in their marriage, every single person. And if you think a marriage doesn't have struggles, it's just because you don't know them well enough Mm -hmm. yet. So I just want to just say real quickly, because I know that with our listeners, we're going to have a wide range of people. Some people who are in really healthy marriages, some people who are in medium healthy. And then we have on the spectrum all the way to where your spouse is doing something that you totally disagree with. Like it's, it's hurting your marriage all the way down to we'll have people listening who are in abusive relationships. And I just want to say that this concept applies to everything on that spectrum. Even if on that spectrum, say in an abusive situation where the best thing for you as a, as a whole person and healthy person is to get out of an abusive situation. That may be, that might be the answer, right? That you can't actually live with that person anymore. But it still applies because you're not coming at it from a space of feeling trapped or a victim. You can come at that situation from a place of wholeness. I am worthwhile. I am strong. I am fulfilled myself because that's what I'm in charge of. However, to respect myself, I'm going to set a healthy boundary, which means I can't be in this abusive situation anymore. So I just want to say that this applies to everything, whether it's just, you know, picking up your shoes that you just let that go. Or if it's a really an abusive situation, you can still set a healthy boundary and bring yourself to a safe spot. But you can come at it from a place of fulfillment and wholeness and not a place from fear and a place from victimhood. Does that make sense? So I I think it really applies to everybody. Yes. It just you're just changing your perspective. Yeah. And really, there's so much to this, and it applies to all our relationships. So we're going to have to split this up. We're doing some nuggets. So next week, we are going to talk about loving our children, unconditional love. And I just wanted to share. So I'm slowly, very, very, very slowly writing a book. (laughs) Very slowly. And I just wanted to share a little excerpt from my book and before you read your excerpt because i want to end on the excerpt can i just say the valentine's day is this week yes each i i think it'd be awesome if you all just took a minute to you can ask for what you want if there's something that you're worried about that's not gonna be fulfilled you can say specifically i want this time just for me for us Mm -hmm. to spend time together and practice when you look at your husband or wife just to feel that love just by looking at them. Like their mm-hmm. job is just to make you feel love. Regardless of what they're doing, you just, just feel be, the love. You just, just be there. Feel that love. <laughs> anyway, I just want to say that. It. That's a good thing to yes. think of for Valentine's Day. Yes. And I want to hear Alicia, Felicia's excerpt. 
and I want it to be the last word. So there you go. <laughs> oh, so growing up, the love in our house was definitely conditional. And my mom did her best. And those of you know a little bit about my story. She, I was raised by a single mom and she's amazing. But so I just want to share this little excerpt. And then next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about conditional love with children. So while my mother always loved us deeply, it was a needy sort of love. The kind that pulls at your skin and begs you to love it back. The kind of love that gushed from her, enveloping us in her need and smothering our breath, our innocence. I always felt in my gut that my mother needed us. We were her lifeblood. So, don't want to end on a a deep one, but we're hoping that this whole series on love can help you guys find the magic. Today on Find the Magic, we are going to continue our conversation about love. This week, we are talking about loving our children unconditionally and how we can show that through our parenting. 